It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. And hi again, everyone. I'm Chuck Neff. Thank you for joining us on The Inner Life, our program about spiritual direction, giving you a little bit of help and hope on your journey of faith. Today, Our Lady of Fatima. The date was October 13th of 1917, 103 years ago tomorrow, that Our Lady appeared to three children in Fatima, Portugal, for the sixth and final time that year. That apparition included the miracle of the sun and was seen by tens of thousands of people. Our Lady's message uh, was one of peace. And uh, yes, it was more than a 100 years ago, but she is still speaking to us today. And we're going to talk about that on the program. And uh, here to help us on the journey, our spiritual director back with us once again, Father Ed Broom. Father Ed is a priest with the Obli- of the Virgin Mary, now associate pastor of St. Peter Chanel Catholic Church in Hawaiian Gardens, California, author of three books, Humdrum to Holy, Total Consecration to Jesus through Mary, through the Mysteries of the Rosary, and Roadmap to Heaven. Father Ed Broom, a pleasure to have you back. Welcome back to the program today. Great to be back, Chuck. Great to be back. Yeah, and looking forward to Our Lady of Fatima, as we do every day. Uh, one of my favorite subjects, actually. And uh, it's only been, uh, honestly, in the last uh, two to three, maybe four to five years that Our Lady of Fatima, that devotion for me, has really just uh, taken a great big uh, leap in my journey of faith. We'll open up our phone lines, uh, inviting you to tell us your story about Our Lady of Fatima. And uh, we'll get to that here in just a moment. But Father Ed Broom, get us started. Our Lady of Fatima, g- give us uh, an overview. Tell us the story. Story. Yes, uh, in 1916, the three little children, Jacinta, Francisca, and Lucia, they were shepherd children, and they um, they had an apparition of the angel of uh, Fatima actually three times. The third time was fascinating because the children had an apparition of the angel, and the angel was suspended in the air, and the, you had the Blessed Sacrament, the host as well as the chalice. And uh, the angel told the children to receive. Lucia received uh, the host, and uh, Jacinta and Francisco was actually their first communion. They received from the chalice, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. And the angel said to repair for the many sacrileges against this great sacrament. So that was in 1916, preparing the way for um, what would happen with Our Lady. So a few months passed, and in 1917 starting with May 13th, the children had their first apparition of of Our Lady of Fatima. So she appeared uh, May 13th, June 13th, and July 13th. Then August, the children were actually supposed to see Our Lady of Fatima on the 13th of August, but they were actually incarcerated by the officials. And uh, so that apparition in August was a little bit later. Then... um, she appeared in September, and then finally in October. The common the common thread of um, the apparitions would be Our Lady always, those six apparitions, she always said, 
that she wanted the children to pray the Most Holy Rosary every every time from May all the way up to October. Then each of the six apparitions, there was a little dif- a little bit different of a message. In um, in conjunction with the prayer of the Rosary, also Our Lady in, invited the children to offer up sacrifices. And on one occasion, Lucy said, well, what type of sacrifices? And our lady said, offer everything, everything you do as a sacrifice. And um, uh, October 13th, which is right around the corner now, was the uh, the last apparition. And the um, our lady had promised the children that there would be a great miracle that day because uh, more and more people were showing up to the to the place of the apparition, but there was a lot of still cynical and skeptical people that are, thought that this was uh, kind of just um, a put-on. So uh, Our Lady told Lucy that there will be a great miracle, and that will happen on October 13th. So um, October 13th arrived, and the um, it happened to be raining really hard that day, and people are traveling from great distances. A lot were walking, some some had cars, uh, others were traveling by means of horse and buggy. But it was raining. It was a torrential downpour of rain. Most of the um, the time before, a lady said that she would appear at 12 noon. So when, um, when 12 noon arrived, they had, uh, according to the what I've read from 60 to 80,000 people had actually witnessed it. I've, I've read different accounts, but huge numbers. And um, the, the the children saw various uh, various apparitions. And um, there were these. They saw uh, Jesus as a man uh, dressed in a white tunic, and he was he was blessing the world. Then another. Um, was actually of St. Joseph, St. Joseph who had the child Jesus in his arms and the child Jesus was blessing the world. And then uh, there was a um, an apparition of, of Our Lady in two different forms, Our Lady of Sorrows, and then there was ap- the apparition of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. And eventually Lucia would become a nun. She'd become a Dorothean nun first in Spain and then she would change congregation. She'd become a Carmelite nun, where she spent most of her life in Coimbra, Portugal, as a Carmelite nun, and would eventually die. Actually, the year 2005, February 13th, a few weeks uh, after, or before rather, John Paul II. And then, um, what um, you mentioned earlier, Chuck, there was the great apparition, and the great apparition was that the it was raining that time. Then the sun, the sun started to it came out and it started to spin and spin and spin in the sky. Um, and then it, it it seemed as if it were, this happened for a couple of minutes. It was spinning and spinning and spinning. And then um, it happened again the second time. It looked like it was catapulting actually to the ground. And um, there were miracles that happened. Those That was the miracle, the miracle of the sun. But... Spiritually, the the greatest miracle would be that uh, there were conversion of there were conversion of sinners. There were some physical miracles where you had um, a blind person received uh, 
or a site, there was a man that was uh, most almost paralyzed, and he was able to get rid of his crutches. But the key, and this is what Our Lady wanted more than anything else, was the conversion of souls. So many would fall to their knees. They were reciting the creed. They were begging mercy for their sins. And um, no one could deny this. No, even the Il Secolo, which was the... Um, the, the Portuguese newspaper from Lisbon uh, quoted this as, as something that was just undeniable, and the the government back then was basically anti-Catholic, and the, no one could deny it. So, um, kind of in a nutshell, uh, uh, Chuck, that's uh, kind of in a, a, a very rapid uh, synthesis. That's what happened with the children from 1916 1917. Now, the consequences were are just incredible. I mean, influencing you and even to me and many, many of our listeners to the day, I'm sure I've had a profound impact from a Lady of Fatima. Yeah. Father Ed Broom is our spiritual director. Let's open up our phone lines. If you'd like to join us, it's a toll-free phone number, 888-914-9149. You can also email us, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. But as we talk about Our Lady of Fatima today, do you have a devotion to Our Lady of Fatima? We'd uh, love to hear about that. But how have her messages made a difference in your life? And when have you been able and been aware of Our Lady interceding for you and your intentions. Again, toll-free phone number if you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149. And so, so Father Ed, we talk about Our Lady of Fatima, certainly the message is to pray for peace, uh, pray the rosary every day. And she really was pretty clear, if we don't do this, and I include us in these uh, in these messages, if we don't do that back in 1917, uh, the end of World War I uh, just uh, coming about, she said there would be an even greater war and Unfortunately, there was. Yes, um, Second World broke out, and she made that prophecy. If, if people do not pray enough and offer up sacrifices, the worst, a worse world war would break out, and that happened in the in the late thirties. And um, I think now more than ever, we have to really pray the rosary because we're in difficult times. You probably you probably aware of the fact that Pope John Paul II. Um, in the year 2002, published a um, an apostolic letter, which is the Blessed Virgin Mary and the Rosary, in which he um, added the luminous mysteries, but also he um, he added in that uh, apostolic letter the importance of praying for two intentions, and they were for world peace, and this was shortly after the attack on the Twin Towers, you know, for world peace as well as for the sake of the family. He said, we really have to pray because our families are going through tough times and um, and the world has had has a lot of tension now. I say, you know, 18 years later, the situation has not gotten better, maybe even has gotten worse. So um, I I really feel that we should um, we should really take seriously praying, praying the rosary. And he quotes Father Patrick Payton, that the, the rosary priest, the, the family that prays together, stays together. And then there's another... Um, one liner of uh, Father Father Pate is not known as well, but I think it's very, very applicable today. Is a world at prayer is a world at peace, you know. And one of the reasons why we we have so many wars out there is because we are not praying as much as we should. Um, I think every family can pray the rosary. It's just a matter of uh, of priorities. Uh, 
pray the rosary, you can pray it in 15 or 20 minutes. How much time do we do we spend doing other things that are, I'm not going to say that they're sinful, but maybe they're, they're less important than giving that 15, 20 minutes of time every day to pray the Holy Rosary. Um, I just love the rosary. I just... Uh, Go ahead. Well, yeah. well, and I think that that's probably, um, I'm a convert, and so praying the rosary was uh, new to me, and probably you know, it took me many, many years to kind of pray it uh, more frequently. And then it was really, uh, Father Ed, uh, reading more about Fatima and that message from Our Lady to pray the rosary every day. And that, uh, I didn't quite get to that point where I could pray it every day <laughs> right away, but I certainly took it seriously. I took the message from, from, uh, from Our Lady of Fatima and, uh, and really took it seriously, really the intent to, to pray the rosary every day. And, uh, some days, uh, I didn't get to it, um, was too busy, couldn't find the 20 minutes to do it. And I've just finally uh, got to the point where I said, I really want to do this. And, and I started it and I did it. And I, quite frankly, do not remember the last day that I did not say a rosary. And I just look right back to that message from Fatima, pray the rosary every day. And the influence that message 103 years ago uh, has had on me today. And I think maybe the point, uh, she's still speaking to us today, isn't she? Yes, yes. You know what's influenced me a lot is just the person of Pope John Paul II. I had the privilege of being ordained by him in in 1986. And um, what he did was he gave... uh, he gave me as a gift. He gave me. A, he gave me a rosary. Oh, John Paul II gave me a rosary. I mean, the fact that he gave me a rosary as a newly ordained priest. And you know, I just I was a priest for a few minutes, and he there in the sacristy gave me a rosary. I was thinking, wow, he's really saying that the rosary has to be prayed. And um, what one of the most influential moments in the life of John Paul II was 1981. He was coming out of the Vatican, and he was a uh, blessing the people, and all of a sudden he was shot. And that was May 13th, 1981. Uh, they rushed him to the hospital, and uh, it looked like he was going to die. And the people pulled out their rosaries and started to pray for him. And thanks be to God, he, he rebounded, and he was uh, actually went, was the um, Christmas Eve, he went to visit the, the man in the hospital that tried to kill him, giving him forgiveness. And the following year, May 13th, uh, 1982, John Paul II was healthy enough to travel, and he was there in Fatima. And you can see nice uh, uh, depictions of this on YouTube, where John Paul II is kneeling down in front of the beautiful statue of Our Lady of Fatima. He's kneeling, he's praying, then he gets up and he takes his rosary and he touches the statue of Our Lady Fatima with his rosary. Then he did a gesture that I'll never forget, and I'm sure you're aware of it. But he gets up and he places something in the crown of Our Lady Fatima. It, it was it was the bullet that was actually in his stomach. It was extracted, and he placed that bullet in, um, in, the, in the crown of the Blessed Virgin Mary. One of the priests that I'm living with, I've never been to, to Fatima yet, but hopefully one day I'll be able to go. But my my uh, superior went there probably about 15 years ago, and he he said he actually saw that uh, that bullet. And it's not it's not not like a BB, but it's a it's a big bullet. And if um if you've ever read the um, the life uh, 
of John Paul II, Witness of Hope by George George Weigel. He's got a page where he explains um, it in great detail. He says that John Paul II admits that the power of evil was great, the fact that this guy wanted to kill him. But the it was he says it was actually the hand of the Blessed Virgin Mary that moved the bullet slightly so that he would not have uh, died of profuse loss of blood. And um, when John Paul II was recovering, he hadn't studied Fatima that much. But when he was in the hospital recovering, he asked for a lot of books and documentaries on Fatima. So he had those free times. He was studying it in great detail. And and he became uh, just, uh, he always loved the Blessed Mother, um, Lady Chenstehova, and especially because that's the most famous virgin of Poland. But once that happened, he recognized it. I was shot May 13th. It must have been the intervention of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And I think, Chuck, in our lives, once we get to heaven, we're going to see how many times through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary she, she saved us from some physical danger, some moral danger. And we'll see how many times it was through her prayers and how, as a result of us praying the, the rosary that she intervened, saving us from physical as well as moral disaster. So, yeah, I, like you, I, well, I, uh, believe it or not, I try to get, I try to get four rosaries in a day. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, just, I love the rosary so much. <laughs> I mean, it can be done. No, I just think if, if people can spend an hour watching a soap opera, why can't I give an hour with a Blessed Mother? <laughs> I mean, it's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> I think Padre Pio prayed more than I did. <laughs> yeah. So you're Father Ed Broom. You're a new hero for me. Four times a day. Wow, <laughs> that's great. Well, we are talking today. If you're just joining us about Our Lady of Fatima, and maybe you have a devotion to Our Lady of Fatima, we'd love to hear about that. But how have uh, her messages made a difference in your life? And when have you been aware of Our Lady's interceding for you and your intentions? Father Ed Broom is our spiritual director. If you would like to join us, toll-free phone number 888-914-9149. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This is today's Gospel reading from the New American Bible. Luke, chapter 11, verses 29 through 32. While still more people gathered in the crowd, Jesus said to them, This generation is an evil generation. It seeks a sign, but no sign will be given it except the sign of Jonah. Just as Jonah became a sign to the Ninevites, so will the Son of Man be to this generation. At the judgment, the Queen of the South will rise with the men of this generation, and she will condemn them, because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and there is something greater than Solomon here. At the judgment, the men of Nineveh will arise with this generation and condemn it, because at the preaching of Jonah they repented, and there is something greater than Jonah here. You can find all the daily readings at RelevantRadio.com slash gospel or tap the prayer tab on the Relevant Radio app. If you're looking for a little help on your journey of faith, 
Our priests are here for you. Call now. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. Or email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us on the program today. I'm Chuck Neff, along with our producer, Nick Schmitz. Uh, Patrick Alog is answering your phone calls today. And if you're just tuning in, Father Ed Broom is our spiritual director. Father Ed is a priest with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, now associate pastor of St. Peter's Chanel Catholic Church, that in Hawaiian Gardens, California, talking about Our Lady of Fatima today, 103 years ago tomorrow, October 13th of 1917, the 6th and final apparition of Our Lady to three shepherd children in Fatima, Portugal. Of course, the October 13th uh, apparition included the miracle of the sun seen between 60 and 80,000 people. That uh, incredible story in itself. But um, talking about Our Lady of Fatima today, and uh, what's, uh, what's your story? Do you have a devotion to Our Lady of Fatima? We'd love to hear it. And if you'd like to join us, again, toll-free phone number 888-914-9149. You can email us as well, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. So, Father Ed Broom, let's uh, take a phone call for you. And Ash, listening in Arcadia, California, thank you for the call and welcome to the program today. Ash, are you there? And maybe not. So, Nick, why don't you just see if maybe he's uh, uh, listening to the delay or whatever, and uh, we'll get back to him. But, um, Father, uh, Ed Broom, our spiritual director, and um, one of the things I wanted to ask about, I guess maybe one of the things uh, when we talk about uh, the visions of uh, the apparitions of Our Lady of Fatima is a very real example, very clear message that there really is a hell. There really is a heaven. Uh, Our Lady took uh, these three frightened children to uh, hell, and that was quite an experience for them, obviously. Yes, that actually happened on July 13th, and uh, the children were present to the Blessed Virgin Mary, and then they looked and they could actually see almost as if the earth had opened up and it was like a, a sea of fire that was present there and they could see the fire and they could actually see the, the souls present there and present the souls as if they were floating around without any equilibrium. Some of the souls appeared to be um, transparent, others were bronze, others were brown, others were pitch black. Then also uh, the children could see these hideous animals that they'd never seen before. They seemed to be transpiercing the um, the souls of the damned. And then the children um, also said that the the cries of despair were so powerful that uh, if the Blessed Virgin Mary were not present there, then they would have died of fear. So I, I think that's very important because, um, sad to say, we, we meet some Catholics today that say that, uh, well, hell probably doesn't really exist. And you heard this cliche, this pious platitude that I don't really believe that a good God would send anyone to hell, which technically it's true that God doesn't send anyone to hell. We choose hell by purposely deciding to reject God and whoever dies uh, unrepentant, I say, in the state of mortal sin, has is, is lost God for all eternity. And um, so I feel that that's very important. I'm, I'm key 
part of my charism is given the spiritual exercise of St. Ignatius, and um, St. Ignatius gives us what are called the uh, the last things uh, in theology. It's called eschatology, the study of the last things, in which I get people trusting in God's mercy to meditate upon the reality of death, judgment, heaven, hell, and purgatory. And if you just go through in detail Our Lady Fatima, you're going to come across the reality of death, judgment, heaven, hell, and purgatory. Death in the sense that the the two little ones just sent on Francisco, uh, shortly after Our Lady appeared, both of them would would die. Jacinta would die. Francisco would die first. Jacinta would follow. Jacinta was about nine, and Francisco was about ten when they died. So their life was very short. And then, um, you know, after after we die, we're going to be judged. And res- with respect to heaven, Our Lady told earlier, Lucia said, will we go to heaven? And Our Lady says, yes, you will go to heaven. And then she asked, uh, will uh, Jacinta go to heaven? Yes, she will. And then Lucia asked, what about Francisco? And Our Lady said, yes, but he has to say a lot of rosaries. <laughs> so... Um, that that real and then Lucia asked, "What about what about my friends that died?" There was a woman, a girl whose name was Maria Nieves, and um, our lady said she's in heaven. Then she had another friend who was supposed to be a pretty good person named Amelia, and Lucia, well, where is she? Is she saved? And our lady said, "Yes, she's saved. She's in purgatory until the end of time." <laughs> wow, that's a that's a long time, no. Um, Chuck, I don't think I don't think anyone could possibly meditate upon Fatima, the message, and those four last things: death, judgment, heaven, hell, purgatory, and eternity. Also, I don't think anyone could without without being converted. I don't know. Maybe I'm overly simplistic. Or what do you think? I just feel if you meditate upon those eternal truths seriously, that would I, that could, I could lead the whole world to conversion. I believe. Well, and I think you're right. And I know for me, again, just reading about uh, some years ago, and I don't remember how long ago it was, but just about the messages and certainly the apparitions of our of Fatima, that vision of hell that uh, she presented to these uh, three children certainly uh, touched me and uh, and just... I mean, here's the vision. Read about it, everybody. If you don't believe it, read what these uh, little children saw. It's uh, pretty well documented. But you know, Father Ed, part of the reality of our world today, so many people don't think uh, that hell exists. Uh, they'll they'll dismiss it. They might even laugh at the at the prospect of a hell. Well, you know, I give the spiritual exercises, and uh, one of the talks is on those the four last things, death, judgment, heaven, and hell. I Purgatory also, related to eternity, which means forever and ever and ever. Now, tell the people that um, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ did speak about heaven and more than once. But our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ spoke much more about the reality of hell than he did about heaven. And I think that's interesting. You know, Matthew chapter 25, I was hungry, you didn't give me to eat. Uh, then he speaks about uh, Luke chapter 16, the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. Then our Lord and Ju- uh, John John 15, the vine and the branches. The branch that does not bring forth fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. 
and one of the most stark ones is in the, in the heart of the Sermon on the Mount. If your eye is an occasion of sin, pluck it out. If your your hand is an occasion of sin, cut it off. Better to enter into eternal life with one eye or one foot than to be cast in the eternal fire where the worm dies not. I mean, I've, I've given five biblical passages that refer to hell, you know, in, in, in two and a half minutes. And there's more. You know, you know the reason why is because our Lord loves us so much. Like, what is a mom and dad? I'm sure you did this. You've got your children and your grandchildren. Why do you? Why did you and your wife say, "Look to your little son when he was four years old. Don't play with. Don't play with matches." Not that you wanted to violate your children's freedom. No, but you didn't want them to get burnt. No. In other words, our Lord is our Lord is speaking about. Hellfire, and the lady is speaking about hellfire because they don't want us to go there. And I'm sure, Chuck, you probably read through the the, the diary of Saint Faustina, number seven fourteen. Jesus told her to write down the different types of sufferings in um, in hell. One one thing that she noticed that those souls that were in hell, those were the ones who denied the reality of hell. She noticed that. Very interesting observation. Those who denied hell were the ones that were actually suffering in hell for having denied it. So, um, you know, what 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 it, what it provokes, I think, in us is uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is probably the least one understood. It's called fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom. And what what is fear of the Lord? We recognize our God is a loving God, but we're very weak. And without God's grace, we could commit many sins. You know, and St. Philip Neri said when he saw a bum on the street, there go I, save the grace of God. Then once he became a priest, and he said, God, keep your arm on Philip, lest he betray you. And once he became a priest, he said, keep both of your arms on me, lest I betray you. <laughs> we're, we're all pretty weak. Um, so yeah, I, we I, I love the message of Fatima. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I do, too. And we are talking about uh, Our Lady of Fatima today. And again, phone lines are open if you'd like to join us. Uh, your devotion to uh, Our Lady of Fatima, we'd love to hear about that. Toll free if you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149. So let's uh, head back to the phones and let's try Ash again. In our- Yeah. Um, my first uh, uh, love of Our Lady started when I was in grade grade school. Um back in Sri Lanka. And uh, before that, uh, Our Lady of Fatima's statue was brought to Sri Lanka and it was taken uh, in a procession from the airport to 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 the church, uh, one of the churches in Colombo. And I was in, uh, in grade, I was uh, kindergarten, my brother and I, and my mom and dad took us to see the procession. And uh, before that, uh, uh, during the World War II, uh, we didn't have a basilica, so the archbishop at that time made a uh, vow to Our Lady: if the uh, if the if Sri Lanka doesn't get attacked, Sri Lanka, that he would build a basilica in honor of Our Lady, and that was done. And that same archbishop was the person who uh, brought Our Lady of Petimas the statue of Sri Lanka, and showed all the people uh, the miraculous image of Our Lady of Svetima's thing, a statue. And ever since then, as as a growing up child, I prayed off and on with my parents, the rosary, and 
I uh, in between I have this uh, uh, forgot to pray it or gave it up. And uh, recently I started praying again because of my bad situation with my wife, asking God to uh, to bless her, to find peace in her heart and forgiveness, and uh, and also because she's always contemplating of committing suicide, uh, that kind of stuff, and for God to grant her a peaceful death. And I asked Mother Mary's help in this thing, and I have seen the signs of her getting better in many mental, uh, psychological ways, and uh, coping up with the pain, even though her pain after cancer is very high. And I, I think Our Lady has done a great, a great help for me, and I'm very grateful to Our Lady, Our Lady of Fatima, Our Lady of Lourdes, uh, in Sri Lanka, it's Our Lady of Lanka. And um, so Our Lady had been a great inspiration to my life and to everybody who knows uh, uh, Sri Lankan people. I have a very great devotion to Our Lady of Fatima. And um, so that's the first, uh, my testimony to Our Lady. Well, that's beautiful, I think. Maybe what God is calling you to do is uh, try to spread that devotion to Mary. And I, I believe once we really have been convinced of the importance of Our Lady of Fatima, that um, we're called to be an apostle of Our Lady of Fatima, as I think you you are and, and Chuck is, as well as myself. I really feel that we're called to promote the message. And you know, in the midst of a world where there's so much tension and there's uh, so much fear and a lot of people suffer crushing loneliness. A lot of people are lonely, even in big cities like like L.A. or wherever it might be. If we have this devotion to Mary, we recognize we're, we're never alone. Mary is always present to us. I, I love that prayer, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. And that beautiful prayer, the memorare, never was it known that anyone who fled your protection was left unaided. So I think now more than ever, in this very... A difficult situation which we're living politically, economically, with respect to the pandemic. Now more than ever, do we have to turn to the Blessed Virgin Mary? And she, um, she will never. And you talked about your uh, your wife. Um, I remember this story. It's happened about 400 years ago. There was a young man that was suffering depression. He couldn't eat, couldn't drink, and uh, he lost a lot of weight. And he ends up in in Paris. He goes into this church of uh, Notre Dame de la Victoire, which is uh, French for Our Lady of Victory, and he kneels down in front of this statue of Our Lady of Victory, and he prays the he prays the Memorare, which is attributed to Saint Bernard, and uh, when he prays that, his depression seemed to disappear, and he goes into the seminary, becomes a priest, uh, he becomes a great missionary, becomes a bishop. And he starts to write these beautiful books, among which is Introduction to the Devout Life and Treatise on Love. And he wrote thousands of letters. And that's that's St. Francis de Sales. So mm-hmm. St. Francis de Sales was, uh, was suffering a lot because of the Jansenism that was spreading far and wide that basically taught that there are few Catholics who could be saved. But it was through the intercession of Our Lady of uh, Victory and the prayer of the Memorare, which... Uh, which is such a beautiful prayer. So I think that when, when we're going through, as Ignatius would say, a state of desolation where we we feel uh, kind of sad, depressed, lonely, abandoned, we can turn to the Blessed Virgin Mary, and she, she will always be our life, our sweetness, and our hope. 
And uh, I find if if I'm in desolation, I pull out my rosary. I pull out my rosary, and I say a decade or maybe a couple of decades, and Mary never never fails to dissipate those dense clouds and allow the the sun to shine in my path. So, uh, what a beautiful conversation we're having, and how how beautiful it is that Ashes had this this devotion to a Lady Fatima for so many years. Maybe you're called to become an apostle there. You know, I'm not too far from you. I'm in Hawaiian Gardens, a little bit, about 25 minutes south, and maybe we can become the the apostles of Our Lady of Fatima in Los Angeles. No, that'd be great. And um, Ash, thanks for the call. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, Father Ed Broom is our spiritual director, talking about Our Lady of Fatima today. And if you have a devotion to Our Lady of Fatima, we'd love to hear your story, time in your life when maybe you've uh, been aware of Our Lady interceding for you and your intentions. Toll free if you would like to join us, 888-914-9149. Stay with us. You're listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Inner Life Show. Or email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Thanks for joining us on the program. Father Ed Broom is our spiritual director today. Father Ed is a priest with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, now associate pastor of St. Peter Chanel Catholic Church in Hawaiian Gardens, California. I always like to mention that uh, Father Ed is the author of three books, Humdrum to Holy, Total Consecration to Jesus Through Mary, Through the Mysteries of the Rosary, and Roadmap to Heaven. We are talking today about Our Lady of Fatima, October 13th, 1917, 103 years ago tomorrow. It was the sixth and final apparition uh, to these, um, that year, she appeared later, but uh, that year to these three shepherd children in Fatima, Portugal, the miracle of the sun and uh, her message of peace. Uh, pray the rosary and pray for world peace. Uh, she continues to speak to us today, but we are talking about Our Lady of Fatima. And if you'd like to join us, uh, what's your story? What's your devotion like uh, to Our Lady of Fatima? Again, toll-free number if you'd like to be on the program, 888-914-9149. Just a real quick reminder, we are, what, tomorrow, three weeks away from a pretty big election coming up, and it's our responsibility as, as Catholic. Uh, yours and mine, to be involved in the culture and the governance of our nation and our communities. Our church, family, and the most vulnerable members of society depend on it. Well, Father Rocky has a new e-book. It's called Vote Your Conscience, and this will help you learn how to form your conscience around the truth, the beauty, the goodness, and Catholic teaching, and then to use your well-formed conscience in all areas of your life to make moral choices in voting, raising your family, and evangelizing those around you. Now, the ebook by Father Rocky, it's free. All you have to do is go to relevantradio.com slash vote or sign up on the Relevant Radio app, and um, your uh, download will be sent to you immediately. Again, it's free, and when you uh, download your copy of Vote Your Conf- Conscience, uh, we invite uh, you to tell your family and friends about it and to sign up as well so they'll have their own copy. This knowledge is meant to be shared with everyone. So, again, get your free copy of Vote Your Conscience. Do it today, relevantradio.com slash vote or sign up on the relevant radio app. Father Ed Broom, our spiritual director on the program today. I need to ask you, Father 
Ed, when we talk about Our Lady of Fatima becoming what you called an apostle of the message of Fatima. How do we do that? Well, I think what we can do is maybe tell the people exactly what happened and maybe tell it in a very simple way, the way I did at the very beginning of the program, start with the apparitions of the angel and then just go through these six different apparitions and maybe can give them some good material to read. There's a lot of material to read on Our Lady of Fatima. And then um, also to get them to pray the rosary. Another thing that should be said is Our Lady of Fatima um, said also she wanted us to, to live out what are called the five first Saturday devotion. And that means to, um, and if this is carried out, Our Lady promises that she'll be with us at the hour that we die so we'll be able to make it safe to our eternal home, which is heaven. And uh, the five, five first Saturdays in a row would be, she asked that we go to confession within a week before or after, that we go to Mass and receive Holy Communion fervently, and then we pray the rosary that day, and uh, to meditate upon the mission of the rosary for at least a good 15 minutes. And then um, we pray the rosary, pray for the intention of the Holy Father. And then she said also to offer communion of reparation. And you, you'll often see a, a statue of a Lady of Fatima or a picture with the heart of Mary outside her body, which is surrounded by thorns. And um, she said she wanted reparation for five different sins. So you receive communion, receive it for this for this purpose. First would be the sins against the, immac- the Immaculate Conception, that Mary was conceived without original sin, those who offend that great dogmatic privilege of Mary. The second would be the sins against her perpetual virginity, that Mary was virgin before, during, and after the birth of Christ. Then the sins against her divine maternity, that Mary was truly the mother of God. Then the other two would be the sins in which children are turned against the Blessed Virgin Mary, in which people uh, among the children do not promote this tender love and devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary and the Rosary. And the last, and I think this is very very pertinent to what's going on today, uh, is uh, those who, who damage... They profane the images of of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and that could be statues or paintings there in which these uh, images are 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 profane. And if um, we do that five first Saturdays of the month, we carry out those uh, those requests of the Blessed Virgin Mary. She promises that she'll she'll help us, especially at the hour of the moment of her death, to to die in God's grace and receive, as Saint Alphonse Liguori says. Uh, the grace of all graces is to die in the state of grace. So um, I would say get to know the, uh, give some maybe literature to people on the message of Fatima. Just talk about it as we're talking about it today by word by word of mouth. Uh, get the people to uh, pray the rosary. And if people don't know how to pray the rosary, give them a free rosary and give them a, give them a rosary pamphlet. And um, maybe even give them a beautiful image of Our Lady of Fatima. It could be Immaculate Heart of Mary, maybe a picture of Our Lady with the three children just sent to Francisco and Lucia. And um, I think that that, uh, if we become an apostle of Our Lady Fatima, she's going to be so happy. 
And when we make Mary happy, we make make Christ happy also. What, What makes the mother happy makes the son happy, too. Father Ed Broom, our spiritual director, talking about Our Lady of Fatima. Let's take a phone call for you, Father Ed. Linda, listening in San Antonio, thank you for the call, and uh, welcome to the program today. Hello. Yes, I thank you for my answering a phone call. I'm uh, here in San Antonio, and uh, I'm actually from Austin, though. I was there and had a pregnancy that was really bad, and... My doctor said that I'd have to have an abortion because I was bleeding too much, and I said, I can't do that. I'm Catholic. I can't be doing that. And the nurse had to come in and talk, calm me down and say, well, you you can always have another baby. And I was like, no, I can't. And they pulled her away, and I come to find out that my roommate was a, a wife of a lawyer and uh she was having a lot of trouble, and they need to help her instead. And I told my mother, we need to do the rosary. And we have Fatima on my grandmother's grave, so we were doing the rosary. And she said, uh, you're, you're going to have to calm down. And I said, I'm trying to calm down. And, and then she said, uh, well, just try to breathe and, and try to make me stop and I, after we did the rosary, I felt a little bit more calm that I was going, if I have to, I'm going to tie sheets together and I'm going to go out this window. And I've, eventually I calmed down and after the rosary and I stopped bleeding and uh, I carried the baby to eight months and she was born and she's beautiful and she's trying to do cures. So hopefully she'll help with the um pandemic right now so (laughs) it's just a blessing and i just i just um i always do a rosary even if i have a little time i'll do some you know like a decade or two and i try to tell my kids to do that but (laughs) and my daughter um she even said that she she saw a image of her so i kind of feel like it was something that was in my fate i don't know that, you know, I think it's really beautiful is how important is Mary and the whole message of pro-life. And I, I think one of the best passages we have in the Bible on pro-life is the is the visitation where Mary goes and hates to visit her cousin Elizabeth, who's with child, even though she's up in age. And Mary greets Elizabeth, and the baby leaps in her womb. And Elizabeth says, Blessed are you among women, and blessed the fruit of your womb. Who am I that the mother of my Lord should come to me? You know, we think about Elizabeth. But we don't know exactly how old she was, but she was way beyond the age of of having a child. And given that she said yes to the child, she brought forth one of the greatest men who ever lived. It was St. John the Baptist. And today, in the modern world, she would definitely be a candidate for abortion. But she was a woman of great faith. And trust, and she brought that brought forth that child, and Mary was maybe fifteen or sixteen, and Mary brought forth our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So, I, when we when we talk about the whole pro life movement, I think uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary is key to it. And um, during a lot of the uh, demonstrations, the, the pro life group will take an an image of Our Lady Guadalupe, and uh, maybe you know, as Our Lady Guadalupe, you can see that that black ribbon around her 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 stomach, her waist, 
the Mexicans back um, in the 1500s, they'd actually wear, Mexican women would actually wear that black ribbon as a sign of her um, of her pregnancy. So I think your your witness is very, very beautiful. And um, keep up the good work and um, uh, consecrate your, your children to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Get them to pray the rosary eventually, I think, is a, is a key that we get the... We have to get the children to pray the rosary. Uh, these children, Jacinta, Francis, and Lucia, they they were shepherd children, and they well, they prayed the rosary also. Yeah. So, um, what a what, what a beautiful testimony! Yeah, was. Linda, thanks uh, for joining us on the program. We appreciate uh, you sharing your story with us. Father Ed Broom is our spiritual director. Father Ed, we're running out of time. We do like to close this hour with a final blessing for all of our listeners. Yes. Through the intercession of Our Lady Fatima, Jacinta, and Francisco, may God bless all of you with a lot of peace, a lot of joy, long life, and eternal life in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Ed Broom, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us on the program today. Thanks to all of you listening today for taking time to be part of our, our audience on The Inner Life. Stay tuned now. Father Daniel Schuster, one of our spiritual directors, celebrating Mass here in just about 60 seconds. We are back again tomorrow. Hope to see you then.